Hello, and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. This is episode number 58, Let's Fight. You can go find my podcast anywhere you love to listen to your favorite podcast. Go to my website at wideopenspaceswithelise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. Thank you for listening to Wide Open Spaces with Elise today. This podcast evolved out of a global pandemic. I took my therapeutic skills from working in psychiatric hospitals for many, many years and my journalistic skills and created this podcast, Wide Open Spaces with Elise. We are now season two, episode 58. I decided to do this podcast because we were all going through changes during that quarantine time. And even though we're not under quarantine, Our lives are still different, they've changed, they've evolved, and hopefully we want to learn how to improve our lives a little bit better by slowing down during that quarantine time. I'm hoping that you took that time to reevaluate yourself a little bit. And if you are one of those frontline workers, well then you definitely need the coping skills to help you deal with all the stress of trying to save lives every day, and we honor all of our first-line workers. Thank you so much. Remember, this is October. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I am part of an organization called Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now. We have our live Facebook telethon on Monday, the 25th of October, starting early in the morning, going till 6 o'clock at night. You can tune in, and you might even see me live. I will be at Broward Health Center Hospital, and we will be interviewing some of the staff there where we will be setting up a new center for supporting women and men with breast cancer. So that's Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now. You can go to Not My Daughter at www.notmydaughter.org. You can find out about our organization, or you can donate some money. The money goes to our support services that we are opening Um, in South Florida, and the money also goes to breast cancer research. To the many women in my life who have suffered from or are dealing with breast cancer currently, I wish you all the love in my heart and know that I'm always there to support you or to help you in any way to keep the good fight. Okay, So your coping skill at your fingertips for this week is very easy. Pick up your smartphone, download the app Insight Timer. You might be able to find this on some of your other meditation apps, but I found some of the best ones on Insight Timer. And what I do is I listen to Native American flute sounds. There's something about the flute sound that radiates within your chest, a vibration. And the sound is very earth-like and um, just kind of gives a calming sense from your head down to your toes. It's very moving. It's very um, inspiring. A lot of my ideas come from when I listen to this Native American flute music. They will have chimes, some will have singing bowls, some will have other instruments. You can choose what you like best. They're as short as five minutes to 60 minutes. You can choose. 
I put it on sometimes even when I'm in the shower because if I had a busy, busy day and I just didn't have that time to meditate or just to settle myself for a short amount of time, I put it on and I even listen to it in the shower. And it just gives a calming effect. Make sure you do some breathing exercises while you're listening to it and try it out. That's your coping skill at your fingertips for this week. So episode 58, let's fight. Listen, we all have fight inside ourselves. We're all fighters at heart. It's how do we express that fight with inside of us? I know that you have heard, you have noticed, observed, witnessed, even maybe firsthand witnessed that the energy of anger is really ramped up in society. And I really try to understand what is going on. I mean, I see things on TV or on my computer screen that seriously make me scratch my head or take a deep breath in because it's so overwhelming to watch. And at first I thought, maybe this is just happening in the U.S. Maybe this this thing. I don't even know what it's called. It's like this blob that's taking over people and they're more angry and they're more combative and ready to fight verbally or physically. And So I went to research it and it's all over the world. Tempers are just hyped up. And I really can't put my finger on why. If I separate myself from the political which is what I'm here for, trying to figure out why people's tempers, why they're so short nowadays, why they're so ready to fight. They're ready to fight in an instant. One word that said wrong, one look that said wrong. So I don't know what's going on, and I'm sure that research will show years down the road, why is everybody ready to fight? Let's fight. Let's get down to it. It's quite overwhelming to see on TV over a topic. And yes, the topics are mostly political. And I think that's where it started in my own perception with the pandemic, with the elections, with the vaccines, with the mask wearing. And I don't understand how we all can't express our opinions without yelling. I mean, there was a man at a school board meeting yelling things about talking about a mask and yelling things about Nazis. And and he was yelling so much that he lost his breath. And I, I just, I kept rewinding it, watching this man. And... There's a way to get your point across without screaming, without spitting, without yelling, without throwing things. And I don't understand why it's got to this level. We're all passionate. We're all allowed to be passionate. And we're all our own individuals. And we all can choose to wear a mask or not wear a mask. And if it's a rule in certain places, then haven't we always accepted the rules? I mean, don't you drive and the, the law is to wear a seatbelt 
Why? Because that seatbelt protects us. If there's rules to protect us or others, I don't understand why it can't just be a discussion. Why it has to get so out of hand. Why a parent walking out of a school board meeting is literally being yelled at and pushed to get into their car because they had a difference of opinion. And that's what I call this let's fight mode. Now I saw it there and now I'm seeing it trickle down, trickle down into friends and family or people in the grocery store or people in the shopping malls or while people are driving. There's just these amped up tempers. What is it coming from? Why is everybody in let's fight mode? Have you thought about it? I mean, when you've seen this, and you've all seen it, don't tell me you haven't. It's out in front of all of our faces. I've had people give me dirty looks because I wore a mask. That's okay if they choose not to. I'm choosing to, just like it's their choice. Why give me a dirty look? Now, if I was in let's fight mode, I could start a fight with them. And I've seen it happen. I've seen people pull other people's masks off. I mean, who reaches out and touches a stranger? So what is this? What is going on? It's a little food for thought. I don't really have the answers, to be completely honest with you. This new world that we're living in is very confusing to me. Um, unknown to me, I feel like we're just on a new journey, all of us, and I understand that things are always evolving and changing, but as somebody whose main goal is to help people cope and communicate, it just baffles me. It baffles me. I understand. I've been in arguments. I've had disagreements, but not like that, not to that level. And sure as heck, not with a stranger. So it's just food for thought. If you are one of those people who are finding yourself being agitated and your buttons are pushed, that to the point you're yelling at people and, and you've never done this before, it's time to self-evaluate. Is that really who you want to be? You can still get your point across. I mean, I marched in Washington for gun control because my daughter went to the high school where 17 kids were murdered in a school. And I marched on Washington to express my feelings, to my power, holding those signs, walking down towards the Capitol, saying hashtag enough. We can express ourselves with power and with meaning, but not with fight. Fight is for other things. Fight is if you're sick fighting for your life. Fight is if you are in financial difficulty, difficulties. Fighting to pull yourself, your head above water. Fighting is if you have a dysfunctional marriage or relationship and you're fighting to keep it together. That's where your fight should come from. Not fighting strangers over things that we're all going to have differences of opinion. We did before. But why now is it just at such a level? It's on fleek. It's overwhelming. It's almost crazy, to be completely honest with you. 
And if you're offended by that, if you happen to be one of those people, reevaluate. Do you want people to look at you like that and say, just, I mean, like this man, I, I literally, my mouth was open the way he was. Yeah. I mean, he looks like somebody who was psychotic, who was out of control, who just had no sense of really what was going on around him. Because anybody who would, would realize there's people standing around you. You have a microphone in front of your face. You do not have to scream. You can speak forceful. You can raise your voice to an appropriate level. But to scream and spit and yell things that are just so inappropriate, come on, people. We're better than that. We're better than that in this society. That's what I choose to believe. And so what I call this is communication conflict. So I want to defocus now from what brought me to this topic today of what I was seeing and am seeing among strangers and friends and family. And I want to focus just on the friends and family because those are the relationships that are important to us. Those are the relationships that we should work on. So family, we can't choose our family. And sometimes that's quite difficult. There are family members that we just don't jive with. It's like your oil and water. And how do you deal with it? Because they're your family. They might be at family functions. They might be at just different get-togethers. Or, you know, talking to someone else in your family that you're close to. So it's family. How do you deal with family, with communication conflict? And then you're your, there's your friends. Friends are like our family that we choose. I know you've heard that before. And it is so true. These are the people that we choose to open our world to. Each of your own individual worlds are very precious to you. It's yours. It's nobody else's. And one of the beauties we have as human beings is choice. To choose who we decide to have in our lives. And sometimes things go south and relationships change and sometimes things don't work. And then we have to make a choice. Do we keep that person in our life? Do we not keep that person in our life? So let's talk about communication conflict in family and friends. Um, when you communicate with people, obviously you have verbal and you have nonverbal behaviors. Do you ever think about when you've been in a discussion with somebody, a disagreement, let's say, have you thought about what your verbal cues are, what you're saying, or is it just coming out? You're not really thinking before you speak. Are you noticing what your body is doing? Is it rigid? Is it leaning towards them in an aggressive manner? Have you noticed these things when you've had these communication conflicts? That's your first step. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is the next time you are in one of these disagreements, notice your verbal your verbal cues and your nonverbal cues. What are you saying? How are you saying it? How are you presenting it in your physical body? Are you maintaining eye contact? Are you looking the other way? Are you on your phone while they're yelling at you? 
and you're yelling back or looking at your computer? Are you focused on just them, the person you're having this communication conflict with? It's very important to start to notice your verbal and nonverbal cues. So in general, most conflicts happen between person versus person, so that one-on-one -on -one that we were talking about, or a person versus society, like that gentleman that was at the school board meeting, him talking to a group of people, society, or a person versus your own self, having that communication conflict within yourself, and your destiny, a person versus destiny, how your life is transcribing, how is it moving, it's what you're going through, it's your destiny that you're in, it's how your life is moving along, and the conflicts you have yourself with the path that your life is going down. So these aren't all the conflicts that we have with others, with society, with ourselves, with the way our lives are going, but these are internal conflicts that we have. And all of them require communication. Communication one-on-one, -on -one, communication with the group, communication with yourself, and communication in directing your life in the direction that you need. That self-talk that we've talked about before, that inner voice that you hear inside your head helping you to guide yourself to a more positive destiny. A lot of our conflicts with others come from differences of values. I mean, that's quite obvious. You know, your morals, we all grow up very different. We just growing up in different parts of the United States, you're different. I mean, California is a very unique set of people. They're very... Um, foot forward and just a little bit, I think, advanced than a lot of us in fashion and a lot of things that they're just high tech and, and high touch and high fashion. And so they're, they're very unique and they're a different subset. And here in Florida, we are very different in Florida. I mean, if anybody noticed, it's my daughter who grew up here and now is in the Northeast. And she said, we're very different. We're very free with our flip-flops and our shorts and, and very casual even in the way we go to work. We have a different mindset here. And then people in the Midwest, a totally different mindset, the people in the Windy City. It's just very different where all of you are in the, in the world, in the country. I mean, let's face it, think about all the, the countries that are over the pond across the Atlantic, across the Pacific. They're all so different. They're siestas, the way they live their lives. Some Shorter days, some have school all year round. So we're all very different. We're all raised very different in different cultures and different religions. So all of that makes us our bubble of who we are, our precious space of ourselves, of our unique beings. And so who we share, choose to share that uniqueness with is our own power. It's our own choice. Even with family. Because you can distance yourself from family. Even if it's family, it can be toxic. We have different styles. 
Some people are conservative. Some people are liberal. Some people dress conservative. Some people dress very liberal. It, it just makes us all different and our goals. Some people are very academic. Some people are very creative. Some people are athletic. All this builds upon who we are. And it creates what we believe in, what we value, what we choose to do with our lives. And that's very different from your neighbor next door. We all have some commonalities with the people we have in our lives. But we wouldn't want to be friends with people who are carbon copies of ourselves. I mean, that would be annoying. We bring friends into our lives who have differences because we each add something to that relationship. We enhance our relationships with our differences. Now, if you're too different, obviously you wouldn't choose to be friends with that person because you have nothing in common. There has to be some commonality there. Even in your family, I mean, if it's a family member that you just don't get along with, how do you hang out with them? Your only commonality is that you're family, and you have to decide how important that is to you. And the communication, in the communication conflict, obviously the communication has to come from both sides. If one side is roaring and, and growling at you, well, what's your response going to be? You can roar and growl back at them. That gets you nowhere. You can walk away until that person calms down, appropriate. Or you can continue to express yourself in an appropriate way. What do I mean by an appropriate way? All you really have to do in a communication conflict is focus on yourself. And your goal is to have a conflict resolution to come to some agreements about why you're fighting. Why do we want to let's fight between each other? So here's what you do, because you can't control the other person that you are arguing with. Your first thing is always, always maintain that eye contact. Anybody who knows me, even in a normal conversation, I always maintain eye contact. Not in a weird, creepy way. I blink, I look away. But when that person is talking, I want them to know I'm listening to them. Even if they're yelling at me, I want them to know that I'm listening. I'm seeing them. I'm making that eye contact with them. Now, your body language. Are you turned towards them or away from them? Turn towards them. Along with that eye contact, facing them, is starting to give them the feeling you're listening. Because ultimately, that's what they want. They want you to hear them. If they're just not going to, if they just want to get in a physical fight, well, nothing is going to stop that. But ultimately, somebody who has a point that disagrees with you wants you to hear their point. Even in the end, if you don't agree, they want you to hear them. So seeing them eye to eye, facing them physically, Paying attention to them. Nodding your head lets them know you're listening. And then there's some verbal cues that you can give them when they take a breath. I'm hearing what you're saying. You cannot imagine how powerful it is to have someone say, I hear what you're saying. We do that a lot when we have one-on-one -on -one or at group therapy sessions. We say, I hear what you're saying. Because we are, we're listening. 
And that connection between people, knowing that you're listening, I'm listening to you, just starts to tamp down the energy of negativity, of that let's fight mode. Okay, they're listening to me so I can relax my body a little bit, not be so defensive, lower my voice a little bit. You can start to see the conflict resolution happening. You can also say things like, I hear where you're coming from. I hear you. When you say, I hear where you're coming from, even if you disagree with them 1,000%, you're hearing where they're coming from. That's all they need to hear. Okay, so I might not agree with you, but I'm hearing your side and I'm listening to your point. And that's where I think that thing that's going on in society is happening. We're not listening. We're not saying I'm hearing your point. I'm hearing what you're saying. We're just yelling at each other and neither side is hearing what the other side is saying. And I wish everybody could practice conflict resolution. What a calmer society we would have. I mean, then you'd see less anxiety and less stress because not everybody's in that let's fight mode. And always, you know, repeat back what they say. I hear that you feel that when we were together the other day that I hurt your feelings. Tell me how I hurt your feelings. That's all they want to hear. They want you to acknowledge that they have feelings too even though you may disagree. And guess what? When you're saying, I hear what you're saying, I'm sorry that I hurt you, you're really processing that too. And it is pulling you closer to that person to understand their perspective, their viewpoint, their morals, their values. This is the way we tamp down the rhetoric. I mean... You're all on social media because you're listening to a podcast, I would assume. What about the rhetoric on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube? I mean, it's so amped up. It's, 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 it's bordering violence with words. Some of it is violence with words. The name-calling of strangers? I mean, uh, on any side. I'm not on any side here when I do my podcast. I'm that neutral figure. I'm Switzerland here. I don't care what side you are. And I have to refer to politically because that's where a lot of this rhetoric comes from. We all have beliefs and we all have opinions. And I can think in your my head that what you believe is crazy or not realistic or distorted. But I can keep that. See, that's part of my power. I can keep that inside myself. I don't have to let my friends know or this stranger on Facebook call them names. What is that doing? Honestly, it just makes you look bad if you're calling people names. I mean, didn't we learn that in like kindergarten? Not to call people names? Since when do adults in their 50s and 60s and 70s Call people names. 
say violent things. Say, I hope you die. I've seen that on Facebook so many times it makes my stomach turn. It's disgusting. The rhetoric is disgusting. And my point is this rhetoric, this political rhetoric, is trickling down into family and friends. Remember what I said before. We all choose our friends not to be carbon copies. We want them to have differences. We want them to have different ideas. It's okay to be on the opposite side of the fence. But we have to respect each other's opinions and feelings and what we're going through. And I think a lot of time there's just miscommunication. You told a friend that you're upset with another friend. And you said it appropriately. You didn't say, I hate them. You didn't say they talk too much. They're rude. They're a bitch. You just said, oh, my feelings are hurt. And, you know, I don't want to talk to that person for a while. Okay, so the friend you were telling that to now goes and tells that friend. You know, that telephone game. And now the message gets distorted. You don't want to be their friend anymore. Not that you just want to take a break from them. You can't stand them. They're a bitch. They're nasty. They're disgusting. Whatever. The telephone game. The original message gets distorted. It's that miscommunication. And you want to know where else miscommunication happens? When you're texting. Unfortunately, that written word can be perceived many different ways. It can perceive that you're being aggressive, that you're being passive-aggressive, that you're being sarcastic, when maybe you really aren't. You just didn't write it quite well to the best that you could, and it seemed a little passive-aggressive. So there's miscommunication there. And unfortunately, as humans, and we all do it, we kind of just let that anger build. It's you know like stacking bricks one on top the other to the point that it's so uncomfortable that you don't even know how to approach this person now to discuss your miscommunication, to have conflict resolution with them. It just becomes just so difficult to keep it going. So let's talk a little bit before I get into some stories that I've personally had miscommunication and good and bad has come out of them. I always try, and I'm stepping away from my therapist seat right now. I'm sitting here as Elise, who has family and friends, and I've had conflicts. I am very much have grown into myself, and I have my ideas and my opinions and things that I would have just let roll off my back. I can't do so much because I hold, hold on to it and then my relationship with that person can never get back to normal. And I used to always do that and I would be so upset with somebody that I couldn't even look them in the eye. I can't do that anymore. That just doesn't work for me at my age and my phase in my life. So I always try to, I really try to understand the way the other person feels. I try to put my own ideas, and the way I would handle it. Because let's face it, we all think we handle things the best way. And I try to understand what are they feeling and try to perceive what their emotions are. Are they angry at me? Are, are, are they sad? 
So when someone's telling me that they're upset with me or they disagree with me, I really try to listen. I try to perceive what their emotions are. And I really try to listen to what they're conveying to me. And the hardest part doing all of that is not to talk. It's to just listen. It's so hard. The words are at the tip of your tongue and you just want to interrupt and say, but I didn't say that, but I didn't do that. Instead, you keep your lips shut and you listen to what they're conveying to you. You're listening to what they're feeling. You're listening to now seeing what the emotions are. What are they conveying to you? This gives you the cues. If you keep your lips shut and you listen, even if you disagree with them tremendously and passionately, once they're done, you can respond appropriately. And also, use that time to start to gather your thoughts. So when it is your turn to talk, you can say what you feel. Now here's the hardest part. To say what you feel, not aggressively. To say, I hear what you said, but you've been treating me this way. And though you're saying you don't feel these things for me, you're treating me that way. So your behavior towards me, this is how I feel. Instead of yelling it, instead of saying you suck and you're rude and you're nasty, you try to convey it in a way that they'll understand so that they'll see your emotions appropriately and they'll hear the words and the feelings and they'll be able to convey and answer you back appropriately. It's just the most appropriate way to have conflict resolution. You let someone talk, you listen, you talk back. Now, if you're on the opposite side where you're the one who has the issue with someone, don't run on and talk and talk and talk. Try to keep your point concise. Because if you talk too long or you repeat over and over and over again, you know how we do that when we're like amped up and we're angry or frustrated with somebody? We repeat things over and over again. Try to practice not doing that. So that you get your point across clear and concise. Because you want them to hear you too. Your feelings and your emotions and what you're conveying. So if you're that person who needs to approach somebody, think about what you want to say. I always think before I speak. I've taught my kids that when someone gets them frustrated and they know they're going to react, take a deep breath in. for a minute. Think about what you want to say before you say it. It always makes for a more productive situation. And damn, I know it's not easy. It's just not easy. So let me talk a little bit about some experiences that I've had. I'm going to talk about something very personal because I think this is one of the main issues that is troubling our society in the United States, and that's politics. So if you've been an avid listener, you know that my father passed away in February. <clears throat> His birthday was this week. Happy birthday, Dad. And 
we had the best relationship. We had the best father-daughter relationship. I mean, I was daddy's little girl. I was closer to my dad than I was to my mom because I felt that he was a better listener at that time. She's a great listener now. But when I was a teenager, for some reason, I just could connect better to him. I felt that he listened to those tough conversations that you have to talk with your parents about. He was a good listener. As he got older, he definitely got more opinionated. And, you know, when you start to grow away from your parents, you create your own world and your own ideas. And, you know, when you raise your kids, they're kind of formulated like you. And then when they start to go out in the world, they start to become individuals and unique. And they might not think exactly the way that you've brought them up. And so we had those little disagreements and things like that. And then it became the politics. The 2016 election, I won't get into the details. My dad was on one side and I was on the other side. And something happened. That rhetoric that I was talking about, that why do people get so angry when you have a difference of opinion? Well, this was creeping into my relationship with my dad. And so much that we couldn't even talk at one point. It was just generic. So a man that would call me a couple times a week and I'd call him a couple times a week and see him at least once a week, that started to dwindle because we were uncomfortable with each other. We didn't want to not talk like so many people in our family just do. When they can't agree, they not talk. Well, we were a father and daughter and we didn't want to have that. So it went on for a long time. He, I think, was very frustrated that this child that he raised didn't agree with him, that he just thought was very liberal and very free, and he was very conservative and just didn't understand. And so we had communication conflict. It, Even though a conversation would start out calm, if any way politics seeped in, the rhetoric was, it was raised. The temperature was raised. It was amped up. And so it went on a long time like this. And then I had a friend say to me, it wasn't me who had the epiphany. Well, I had the epiphany after she said it. She had lost both of her parents and she had said to me, you know, it's not worth it. You being a Democrat and your dad being a Republican and a Trump lover, it's not worth it to not have your father-daughter relationship. And it just somehow, the light came on. And I said, she's right. I mean, why do I have to talk? Yes, my dad and I always talk politics. My dad used to be a Democrat. He changed. We change. We evolve. And so we used to talk politics all the time. And so I realized that I had to have boundaries. And that could not be a topic that my father and I could discuss anymore. So I approached my father. I would say probably two years ago at this point and said, listen, let's just not talk about politics. Now he would like to make those little like innuendos and sarcastic digs. And I would just say to him, uh, remember what we talked about? No politics. And our relationship came back to where it was before because we talked 
we identified that we both saw different sides. It doesn't mean his side was right or my side was right. It just had to do with different values and different opinions. And we were at different places in our life and different generations. And so we came to this conflict resolution that our relationship was more important than politics. And literally two weeks before my dad passed away, we had this conversation, and I remember it vividly, sitting outside. And he, this was when the election was over, the 2020 election was over, and Mr. Trump lost the election. And my dad wanted me to know why he was so enamored with Donald Trump. And he just started to have this conversation with me. And I said, Dad, remember our agreement? And he said, let me just say something. And his tone was calm. His voice was calm. It normally wasn't like that when we had this conversation. So I decided to let him talk. And he just told me that he disagreed with all the things that the man says as far as, far as character assassinations and all these things. But the politics to make the country better in my father's eyes. And he explained to me why he believed in the border and certain things and immigrants. And he goes, I just wanted you to know why I am so passionate about this man. And that I hope that the new president will do the things that he has said he will do. Do you see what happened in that conversation? Two people who just had conflict, communication conflict on a topic. After time, after evaluating, watching eye contact and body language and the tones of your voice and identifying that it's not a subject you should really talk about, came to this point where I allowed him to talk because his tone was different, his body language was different, the way he was speaking to me was different. So I listened to him. And in the end of the conversation, he acknowledged that the person that I chose to vote for, that wasn't his choice, but that he hopes that he keeps his promises. So in the end, he was also conveying that he heard me and he heard my feelings and he knew it was important to me. And I feel that that was one of the greatest gifts that my dad gave to me in the end was that we had so much communication conflict starting in 2016 and that we were able to come to a point where so many people can't get there because they're yelling and they're screaming and they don't want to hear what the other side has to say and come to terms that we just agree to disagree. But I got that gift with my dad. The communication resolution, conflict resolution. We didn't have that conflict anymore. And when he passed, I had that peace because he got to tell me why he was so passionate. And he acknowledged to me that he respected my passion. And really, isn't that all what we want from our relationships? Now, there are relationships that no matter how much you try to handle your communication conflict in an appropriate way, 
it doesn't get you anywhere. And that's because maybe you're doing the work, but the other person isn't. And if that person isn't and they aren't going to, then they become toxic to you. And you have to decide, do you want toxic in your life, even if it's a family member? I will be honest with you. There are family members I do not speak to because they were toxic. Because the minute I turned my back, they were talking about me. The minute my parent would turn their back, they were talking about my parent to me. There are people that you just can't change. And the ultimate gift that you can give yourself is to just walk away. Sometimes there is no conflict resolution. And we have to walk away. This is where your power comes from. You can make it work with people who are willing to make it work. And if not, we have the power to walk away. So do you still want to fight after you listen to this podcast? Next time you get in that let's fight mode, listen to what I've told you today. Get that eye contact, lower your voice, change your body language, and let them know you're listening. Don't come into a situation combative with that let's fight with put your dukes up. Let's go into our own corners when we're having a disagreement. Let's take a deep breath and acknowledge that we're both important, and both of our opinions are important, though they may differ. And let's walk to the middle of the ring, tap your boxing gloves, and have a conversation. Talk to each other, people. Let's make this world a better place. Let's bring the rhetoric down. Why does everything have to be so tense? If you don't want to wear a mask, good for you. If I want to wear one, respect that. I'm not giving you the dirty look. Don't give me the dirty look. Tamp down the rhetoric, people. Why do I bring the mask up? Because it's such a simple thing, and yet somebody tries to create conflict over it. Is it really worth it, man? Does it really matter in your daily life that the person standing behind you in the line to checkout is wearing a mask and you don't want to because you don't believe in them? That's your choice. Make your choice. You're an individual. Tamp the rhetoric down. Make your communication healthy. To maintain relationships like my dad and mine, you want to maintain those important relationships. You don't want them to end if there's a chance that you can communicate together. Why did I open myself up to such a personal experience? Because I wanted to hit home for you. I want you to understand that the more this rhetoric stays at this agitated, angry level, our society is going to change, and it's not going to change for the good. And what kind of example are you for your siblings or your children if that's how you handle disagreements, differences of opinion? Our world will become more violent and more angry. I know that's not what we want. That's not what you want. So if you're not that let's fight person, which I disagree, we all have that in us. There are moments where somebody just pushes our button and we have to use those coping skills to pull ourselves back. But if there's somebody in your life who's combative like that, talk to them. Make them understand that how people are seeing them and that nobody is going to hear what they're saying if they're screaming and they're turning red 
and they're spitting and foul words are coming out of their mouth. Nobody is hearing you. So you can also encourage this kind of communication resolution, conflict resolution in the lives of people that you are close to. Help them tamp the rhetoric down. We all play our part in this world and changing just one person makes a difference because it's that domino effect. But if we don't, then the domino effect becomes cruel and angry and nasty. And I don't want to keep turning the TV on watching a man spitting and looks like his head's going to blow off of his body because he's so passionate about his opinion. I would be listening to his passion if he said it in an appropriate way. For some reason, that's how he thinks that that's the way people are going to listen. Well, I want you to listen to me and I keep my tone down. And even though I know people have differences of opinion, you could walk up to me right now with a totally difference of opinion and we could talk about it. And I may not agree with you or you may change my opinion. That's always a positive outcome. So I would like you to go out and explore all those wide open spaces in your world. We can make our world a peaceful, beautiful place. Zen. Remember that inside timer and your coping skill at your fingertips to listen to some Native American flute music. Try it out. If you hate it, no problem. But you might just like it. It might just make you relax a little bit. Remember, positive thoughts always create positive energy. And join me next week for the next episode. What it will be, who knows? It's decided on a daily basis what this podcast will be about. Because, again, it came out of a global pandemic. Go to WideOpenSpacesWithElise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. And until next week, thank you for listening and ciao.